This is a restless reaction. Welcome back to Restless, where Valentine's Day never ends. Actually, it's ending today for you as you listen to it, because we now have 100 likes on Facebook. For Pastor Michael, 100 followers was not enough to release the Matt Chandler reaction video. We had to have... We needed the likes. That's what we told people. That's what we said we needed, and so that's what we got to have. Also, do we know the difference between likes and followers? We do not. (laughs) We do not. If you do, you can contact us at restlesspodcasting at gmail.com. But today, as a reward, as a celebration of the end of Valentine's Day, and we are going to react to maybe the most famous Matt Chandler clip, which is Jesus Wants the Rose. I've poured a glass of wine. I'm ready for this. This is this is coming at the long. I have never seen this, so I'm I'm excited to jump in. Uh, this I I am excited too. I, I will say that this might be the first time we're reviewing something that is like still pretty much universally loved in conservative evangelicalism, and so Uh-oh. we might need to walk on. Hopefully, some we also universally love it. it. I'll just give one really interesting piece of feedback about this before we get going: is that this was kind of Matt Chandler's kind of big, you know, to the wider why are our crowd is this is kind of his big reveal it's because it was at the 2009 desiring god conference and this is a clip just a short clip that has gone viral has been shared in so many different formats we almost did the the sermon jam version of this but i i played just a little bit of that for myself and it was like they were cutting out parts and so it was like we're not going to get potentially what we actually need to understand. I want the real deal, Matt. I want the real deal for my first time. And maybe I've seen it and I just don't remember, but I don't know. And so someone has clipped from probably what was an hour long talk. uh, uh, And the sermon was called a shepherd and his unregenerate sheep. Interestingly enough, uh, has clipped the, this section, which has now been called Jesus wants the rose. So can we just stop for a second? What does unregenerate sheep Oh, I don't know. Gosh. There's something going on there that's oh, just dude. strange. I'm, well, maybe we should cut this. I'm that title makes me <laughs> makes me a bit worried. We may not universally praise every <laughs> every section of this. So, all right, I'm gonna I do guess. everything I can to just love it and make you the bad guy. <laughs> Whatever it is, I'm ready to make you the bad guy today, Matt. So let's get going. Michael and I are gonna stop and start this because we're only gonna go through this one time. So it's a four minute clip. It shouldn't take us too long, but we're in who, it knows? who knows at this part? But it, it didn't take long um, before my passion for the gospel and, and my passion to see lost men and women saved um, s- started to rub against or collide with the church. And, and so it wasn't... I'm going to stop your... I'm going to... I just am going to call a quick flag on the play. Uh-oh. And, <laughs> and, and I'm sure the rest of this, I'm not going to have any... We're, we're not going to nitpick this, I promise. And I'm not <laughs> looking for things to not like. But I got to say, the my passion for the lost 
was colliding with the church. Now, maybe you're in a bad church and maybe that's what he's going to say, maybe, but maybe that's all it was. But anytime a guy starts talking about like the, the church corporately as against me, but I've got the ministry, like I'm doing it right. It just freaks me out a little bit. I'll just yes. be honest. Yes. Also, and, the guy looks a little dorky in this video. He's yeah. kind of upped his game as far as looking the part of a celebrity pastor. He's got but, a better look now. That's all I'm going to say. But when you but when you start this way, the church is the hospital for sinners. The church is the ordinary place for salvation. The, you can't you can't do this. And I, I I'm sorry. You you this is bad. This was at the past. This was at the pastors' conference for desiring God. This is bad. I think and he means well. I think <laughs> he, I'm sure he means well, but I just want us to, you know, this is, this is credit to uh, Steve Childers, who was a professor at RTS. He said, what would happen if our de definition of evangelism, successful evangelism, that evangelism ended when the person made a credible profession of faith to a local group of church elders? Wow. That, and that just, that floored me when he said that how much healthier view of evangelism that would be. Yeah. You know, think think about the the parachurch evangelistic organization in your town if they started doing that, right? Yeah, it'd be awesome. It would be awesome. And, and maybe that is what kind of RUF is designed to do, but that's all in the South. RUF ministers, love you, love you, have you on the show. Uh, we'll find something to react to with you. But let's keep going because we made it 19 seconds in before we just... <laughs> We, I couldn't handle it anymore. So very long and, and I, I won't, I, I can give you dozens and dozens of stories, but, but really one that kind of broke the camel's back where I decided if I was going to do this, I wasn't going to do it as a churchman because the church more often than not was an enemy of conversion and not its friend. I, I'll give no, <laughs> oh, man, we only made it a little bit further. That's so bad. Everything I just said was totally justified. <laughs> I was not going to do it as a churchman. Now, maybe after this clip, which yeah, I don't assume this clip, right? Maybe he repents. Maybe he he'll repent of that those views because that's also man. I'm just so out of the. I need to tell this emotionally impactful story about my man. personal journey, which shows my credibility stuff. This I'm is, just out of it. Yeah, this is this is full of motive, like be with me. And so I, I know that I'm sure the thing everyone loves about this clip, and I know that is not the like, his intro about his relationship to the church, but let's get there. Let's get there. But I'm sorry, we, <laughs> we did not universally praise this. Give you an example. Um, this turn in me, this break in me happened that God has been just disciplining me on ever since. Uh, occurred my freshman year of college when um, I randomly sat next to a, I'm a freshman in college, I'm sitting next to a 26-year-old single mother who's coming back to school to try to get a degree, never been to church, didn't know much about Jesus, didn't know, and so we began this ongoing dialogue uh, about the grace and mercy of Christ in the cross. And so um, me and some of my crew go over to her house and babysit her daughter. She's actually in an extramarital affair at the time with a married man. And, and so we talked through that, the wisdom in that. Um, okay, so I obviously, I was a freshman in college. I can identify with some of the things he's saying. Uh, I think this is, this is great to be doing, you know, right? This is yeah. great. We're, yeah. we're getting onto the, like, we're getting onto the, like, path of where this story is 
you know, is headed and is, is helpful. So there we go. Um, th th this is the relationship we had, just kind of serving her and trying to explain to her spiritual things. A friend of mine was playing at a church in the area, and, and so I asked her to come. He was a musician, um, and so I said, hey, a good friend of mine's in a band. He's playing. Um, what, why, don't you come, why don't you come hear him? And, and so she agreed. She thought it would be a concert. I knew better. It was shady. It was excellent. And um, she came with me, and, and we listened to Robbie play, and, and he was tremendous, just a real anointed guy. And then the, the minister got up, and he said, today I want to talk to you about sex. And so I immediately go, uh-oh, uh this could be a problem. And, and he took a red... Okay, so... Uh, so we're doing a classic evangelical bait and switch here, yep. right? The the conference. I'm surprised it was about sex, but don't have don't have much to add here. So, red rose, and he smelled it, and he showed how pretty it was, and then he threw it out into the crowd. He goes, "Everybody needs to smell this." There's about a thousand of us there, almost all of us college and high school. Smell the rose. I want you to smell it. I want you to touch it. I want you to see the texture in it. Do it, do it, and I'm going to teach. And, and then he began what, honestly, up until this day, and this might have to do with my heart, I don't, I'm still wrestling, um, was one of the worst, most horrific handlings of what sex is and what it isn't that I ever sat through. It, it was fear-mongering at, at its best. It was, um, you don't want syphilis, do you? And everybody's smiling and having a good time until there's herpes on your lip, and you, right? And so I'm just thinking with Kim beside me, what are you doing? What are you doing? And, and then as it wraps up, he goes, what? So before, before we get to the wrap up here, which I, I'm sure will be the crescendo, I think so we're, we're getting into the, this is a confrontation of the, maybe the abuses of purity culture. Uh-huh. Is I've heard this story before, but I, I don't think I've ever seen this clip, but I have heard the story of like a road. I know where that's going. I know, yeah, so, like, I've heard this happen before. So, yeah, I mean, I, th I think we can agree there were abuses in purity culture. Maybe we'll talk about that after if this is, uh, if that, if that becomes relevant. So where's my, where's my rose? Where, where, where is it? Where's, where's my rose? And, you know, some kid came up, the rose is just completely jacked up. It's broken. The things are off. The petals are broken. And, and he lifts it up in his big crescendo. I mean, his point is to hold up that rose and go, now who would want this? Who would want this rose? And I remember feeling anger, like real, legitimate, I want to hurt him, anger. And it was all I could do not to scream out, Jesus wants the rose. That's the point of the gospel, that Jesus wants the rose that he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Christ won. You're not even teaching the basics of our faith. So Pastor Michael, the, I thought that was gonna be longer, but as, as was with our Gospel Coalition clip, there's a desiring God fade out that uh, takes some time. Yeah, I mean, I, I think his general point is right on. Like, I'm with you on that, right? Like, I'm with you on the main point, uh, the idea that, uh, and this is maybe where, you know, we can go back and defend what he said before, that, like, you know, he feels like he's against the church. Well, you know, if you're talking about, like, you know, Bible Belt moralism that happens to be tied to the idea of a church, and it's all about, you know, do the right thing, and if you yep. don't, we got to shame you into doing the right thing. And like, if that's it, yes, like that's so problematic and that's devastating. And would I also get angry if that was like the only point? Yes. 
absolutely yes. right like you know absolutely uh 100 so that and that would drive me crazy if i brought somebody to church and they were like you know here's the main point uh if you've done all these things nobody wants you and there's nothing for you here horrible absolutely horrible yeah right. so i basically like it See? chandler's let's let's say this chandler's analogy with the rose is a 100 upgrade to this right absolutely this, this moralistic teacher do i <laughs> do i do it. it do Decide, i do it yeah do i bother do i because i i i certainly agree with you let me and be I, the good guy matt i said i like it isn't that enough I, and i and i like it too now what i'm thinking about is that this was done to with pastors right this is a you know this is again this is an emotive story we don't have any idea the context of this entire sermon what yep. this is meant to illustrate maybe this is just meant to illustrate what he means by saying oftentimes i felt like i was against the church right and i agree that in a certain sense faithful bible teachers actually will be against the church because the church is still full of sinners we will be against some of their practices because they because we sin right right here I don't even know. I don't know if I should do it. It's too, it's so loved. Again, he's talking, he's not speaking. He's not presenting the gospel to people who don't know it. Yeah. He's presenting this to pastors as, as the, as the way, potentially a way to think about ministry. Yep. Jesus wants the rose. What I'm wondering Okay, because purity culture went off the rails. Purity culture, especially any kind of fear-mongering level, that is, a, that is a butchering of what the Bible teaches on sexuality. Yep. But isn't it better to live a virtuous and chaste life than to not? Right. What I, this is what I'm asking. Is this, a, is this erasing the, the distinction of a godly life and in a not godly life. And I have not, I am not a paragon of virtue. I and and again, so I think that there is a a a power in this as an analogy to to call Jesus calling the sinner. Totally. But my question is if this is the clip, this is the this is the this is the Chandler clip, and he's very he's very Driscoll he's like very Driscolly in this clip. The the like shouty over emotive stuff honestly it freaks me out. I, I, this has come up a few times. I've seen this uh, around different places where you can find a lot of clips of Chandler kind of breaking out into this really intense anger, and it is. I mean, it troubles me. Like it worries mm -hmm. me about you know what's going on behind the scenes. If you show that much anger in mm -hmm. like in front of the curtain, what's going on behind the curtain? You know, in your heart uh, when you're like so overtaken by your emotion. Uh, but I also can't tell how much of that is acting. Like this right. is, this is like Southern revivalistic. Like this is what you do. You like you, you tell stories and you talk about yourself and you like get really emotional, hyped up and that gets everyone else hyped up and they say it's the Holy spirit. And now we feel good. You know? It, 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 so did you fall? Are you following my point, my potential point of concern at all with this Take yeah. So does it like, does it potentially go too far, uh, almost to, to just like be accepting of sin? It's well, sin doesn't really matter because Jesus wants a rose. And so yes. however you live, that doesn't matter. Right. Is that, would that be a good restatement? And of that, what you're and to that get therefore at? in the world, the status of sinner and the status of virtue, those things are 
largely so they don't matter right they sit, i think so i think it could go that direction and i actually think that probably uh, the ministries of people like chandler they move in that direction inevitably because of what we've already talked about at times uh, with the kind of the problem of gospel-centered christ-centered preaching and i just want to be careful because i know that we probably have new listeners who maybe haven't heard us talk about this before I do not mean that preaching shouldn't be Christ-centered or gospel-centered. I do not mean that, you know, that the gospel and that Christ are the foundation of all things. Absolutely, in him and through him and to him are all things. To God be the glory. Amen. I'm with you. But when you try to limit everything to uh, just, you know, these couple of texts, when you try to limit everything down uh, to... uh, to say that there's nothing except for Christ and the forgiveness of sins, which is like that's central, yes. But if that's all there is, and there is no uh, law, there is no uh, calling to you know put off what is worldly and to put on that which is of Christ. If there's no like, if there is no like ethical moral system uh, that you know is part and parcel with you know, following after Christ, if there is no taking up your cross and following him, if there's no call to repentance, well, then all of a sudden you have a problem. And I think sometimes a lot of this kind of preaching gets in that direction. Um, so it, if that's where it would go, I would say, yeah, it's it's problematic. I don't know if I would go that far for this, you know, <laughs> this particular thing, because in that situation, I would feel the same way. I, I would sure. say, why didn't, you know, why didn't this pastor preach grace? Why didn't right. he preach that, you know, uh, Jesus does want the rose in that case. Like, you know, Hey, if you repent right now, like, it doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter yes. if you've had syphilis or like all these other things, like, like you can find uh, forgiveness and salvation right now, become a child of God. Yes. 100%. And, and again, this is what you're, you're getting at. And this is the, the spirituality, the, the glory of the gospel, that regeneration is a gift that can elevates the worst sinner to their most important calling. Yeah. Like worshiping God, calling him father, being in being in Christ. Like this is this is the gospel, right? This is the yeah. this is the this is what it does, right? And this is why we can even we can talk this way that the regeneration can lift the worst sinner to a thing that the moralistic person who maybe had a who lived a morally chaste life if they're not in that they actually, they don't have the most, they have not, they do not have the highest calling. Right. But yeah, I, I just think that this kind of, this kind of way of addressing it. And again, we're only watching a three minute clip. I think it just, it, it eliminates some distinctions and complexity, right? Cause even you, you're you, in how you're presenting it, you're presenting it to a person who has problem. You have do you have an STD? Are you, do you have shame? Well, right now you can be made right with God. There are, there are likely consequences for all the, whatever yep. decisions you've made, right. but in the most fundamental, the most important, the most human and, and, and being joined, united to the divine life, those things will be set aside. Those things, because Jesus came for the lost and you're, lo- I, I agree. And so, I, I think we're where we're giving this. We universally love it. Although I we, do want to say the the hyped up emotional side of things. I know we we're hitting on emotions. We'll have to touch touch on emotions yep. sometime. I just I it when it comes from a preacher 
preaching from a pulpit. And I know it's not a Sunday morning kind of thing, but I know that he does this other times too. Like this just reeks of manipulation to me and not here's like a way to exposit the scriptures or this truth, uh, this, you know, and maybe he's talking more about some practical ministry. You know, I don't, I don't know. I want to defend the guy. It just, the, that kind of boiling up anger that you have no problem basically flaunting in front of everybody as if it were just seems problematic to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you so, would say it's righteous anger. I don't know. It, yeah. it seemed so, a little out of control. So, so yeah, we, we liked we, it though. We liked, we liked it. it. We, we are liked good it. guys. Don't Three. when you're listening to this. We are the yeah. good guys here. We, we like all guys. those guys. We, we had, like what we had, they're saying. We had three things, just three things. And we, but we liked it and you like it. Pastor and Chandler, you like us. if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the show. And 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 actually, more than that, I'd love your steak company to sponsor the show. Pastor Michael, did you know that he does Pastor, not? Does he have a steak company? He does indeed. No he way, does. like Trump and, did. <laughs> <laughs> he does indeed. Actually, listener, if if you would like uh, Pastor Michael and I to review Matt Chandler steaks, please let us know, and we will we will hey, get if, you an address. If you want to send us a Matt Chandler steak, we will record a live video of us <laughs> eating steak and enjoying it together yes and in fact i think we should do this let's just set some kind of goal at some point and whenever we reach it we can just eat live matt chandler steaks is this real is, he has a yes, steak this company is a, this is a let me let me type in the link we're we're good we're on far. it man i'm all for, by the way i'm all for you know having uh, side hustles and businesses i won't get on him for having a steak company unless it's you know weird and corrupt and like the money from the church is going to it or something no, then i'm obviously I, I think, against it i think it's totally um I think it is, it's Texas Craft Steaks. And I, no, I think it's totally on the up and up, right? What a great uh, Texas pastor thing. Way to go, Matt Chandler. Let me, oh, I'll just, yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll put this in the show notes as well. But yeah, there you go. T- Matt Chandler's Steak Company. I, I would actually wonder if in light, uh, as, as I'm sure many of our listeners know, he had uh, severe brain cancer. I would wonder if like just kind of becoming a partial owner in this, you know, maybe was just the way like, oh, if I, if I can't preach or I can't yeah. do these things. Here's something that we have. Yeah. Good and on so, it, man. Way to go. Hey, if that's true. And even, even not, I love it, man. Start a steak company. Good for you, Matt company. Chandler. We, we would love to have a restless steak company, but more than that, we would love to have a restless grill out with Matt Chandler steaks. Oh man. Um, we, this is, this has got to happen. This Come has on, got, people. This has got to help happen. us out. Hey guys, this is a Pastor Michael takeover of the end of the podcast. So Matt is traveling and uh, unable to join on this part. And I had shared uh, some thoughts with him and uh, on social media having to do with the Chandler clip that we just reacted to. And he thought it might be okay if I went ahead and shared that here. And so uh, this is, you can uh, go and find what I tweeted out. My Twitter is at Pastor M. Bowman. You can find Matt, by the way, at Mr. Mr. Klein on Twitter. But I shared these thoughts because it was something that was brewing in my mind after we had reacted to this Chandler clip. I was uh, struck with just the, the highly emotive way of preaching 
the kind of yelling, uh, really extreme uh, emotion being used by Chandler as he tells this story uh, about this woman he brings to church. It was making me think, why is it that there are so many uh, within evangelicalism that think they have to do this, that they have to use highly uh, emotive language in order to really uh, convey what they're trying to say? And uh, maybe I should say up front that I don't, I don't necessarily have a problem with emotion from the pulpit at all. In fact, I, I think it's necessary at times. I think that, that the scripture itself uh, should bring about an emotional response. But this is something different in my mind. There's something different that's going on here. And one of the ways that you spot the difference is how often the highly emotive language is used, not of the scripture, but of a personal story that's told. It's almost always, here's the scripture. Now here's this personal story about me and someone else with this highly emotive language. And that is what really kind of gets the, the point across. You have to always apply it with a personal story. And, and that is where you'll find the, the most highly charged language. Well, I was trying to think, um, you know, why it is that preachers might think that they have to do this. And I couldn't help but think maybe this is because of the nature of uh, this kind of itinerant conference preaching. So this took place at the Desiring God Conference. This is not Chandler's church. This is not a, a place that he's going to be spending lots of time. And uh, it, it's not like you have in this kind of environment, you know, 40 years of discipleship where you get to regularly disciple and preach to people and meet with people in their homes and, and uh, you know, work with them through all kinds of different issues. Um, you don't have the time for slow change, slow growth. If you want to see fruit, if you want to see some kind of reaction to what you're doing, you probably can only get it through using really highly emotional language and trying to get people to have a highly emotional response to what you're saying uh, instantly in that moment. So you don't have time to wait. And so that's why you have to use this kind of, of performative emotion from the pulpit. And when I say performative, I don't mean that it's fake. I don't mean that it's disingenuous. I think most guys who do this are trained in it. I feel that that's how I was trained in many ways, that this is what needs to happen from the pulpit. That uh, So I, when I say performative, I'm not trying to... Uh, say something ill of those who would do this. I think probably it's all they know. It's what they've been taught. It's what, how they've been trained. It's the, the air they breathe. It's what is all around them. And so it's hard to see much else. But if you don't have time to uh, wait to see the fruit, you know, for instance, uh, I can tell you off the top of my head right now, just in the last month, people that I've been discipling in various ways for years and starting to see some fruit in their lives after years of, of whatever it might be, Bible study, encouragement, prayer, 
meeting together, just hanging out. Uh, after years of this, there are, are people that I will start to see fruit from. And it's not something that happened just overnight. It's not something that happened after one sermon that I preached that almost never happens. But if you're going to a place where you've never been, you'll probably not be back, at least not for a long time, and you'll, you'll not see all these people again, to get some kind of reaction from them, at least in that moment, it's going to take the highly emotional language. Now, I would call this kind of preaching uh, emotionally manipulative. And I don't think that most of us recognize this, I've started to recognize it, especially over the last year in my discussions with people, especially in the realm of the kind of contentious political world that we're in right now. When I would have discussions with people that would disagree with me in the political arena, often, and when I'm speaking here, I'm speaking to people who are evangelicals in, in one way or another. And uh, often what would come across is it, it wouldn't be like, hey, here's what I believe. Oh, well, here's what I believe. Oh, okay. Um, now we can kind of discuss this. It would be me saying, oh, well, here's what I believe. And then them trying to uh, morally guilt me into agreeing with them. And I know I've done this too. So, I mean, I, I am not uh, above this. But... I think this is the way that many of us as evangelicals have been trained to speak is in ways that are emotionally manipulative uh, instead of just being content with somebody disagreeing with us or being in a different position. Uh, we try to uh, twist the knife a little bit as we stick it in. We try to really pressure them into feeling bad in order that they would change what they think. I think that you see this uh, again, not with ill motives or anything like that, but you kind of see this in this Chandler clip. This is the, the, the common way that we've been taught to speak. And so if you really get worked up emotionally and you really need to start yelling about it, well, this is going to drive home a point in a particularly emotional way, maybe not in a substantive way, um, in a, you know, in, in a, a way that is going to last really long, but at least for that moment, that night, that couple of days, um, you know, after you've watched the video clip, there will be enough that it kind of, you know, gives you this rush of emotion that all of a sudden you want to change, you want to do something different. Uh, it, it will bring this little bit of a reaction. Uh, my contention is that it will not last long. You know, when you have the, the kind of emotion that is built from the seeing the glory of God in Scripture— when emotion comes out of, of seeing the person and work of Christ in all of his glory as he is portrayed throughout the scriptures, uh, that is something that begins with the substance and then it, it, it grows and it, it causes this kind of emotion. Rather than trying to start with the emotion and, and really push into that and try to get change that way. So see what you think. Uh, you know, maybe this sounds crazy to you. You know, email us talk to us, uh, let us know if uh, this just doesn't seem to work for you. Hey, before I go, I do want to say we still have 
uh, a giveaway going on, actually a big giveaway, because we have uh, crossed our 10,000 downloads mark. Uh, we have three different giveaways that we're doing. And so uh, if you want to be entered to win uh, one of three different uh, giveaways, uh, number one, uh, you need to follow us on social media. So one social media follower is going to get uh, something that we send them. Uh, we're going to draw them, pick them at random. Now, here's the deal. On Facebook right now, we have uh, just over 100 followers and likes. There are at least 350, maybe 400 of you, it seems like, who are listening on a regular basis. Okay? So get over and like the page. Go find us on Instagram. Go and find us. And if for no other reason, then you're going to, going to get a giveaway. Also, we're going to give something out to uh, one person who shares the show on social media. Now, you have to tell us that. So take a screenshot, uh, tag us in it, do something that we see it. Uh, but if you share on social media, you're going to be entered to win something. Also, thirdly, the third giveaway is for uh, somebody who's going to rate and review the show. I already just saw a little bit ago uh, that somebody had you know, rated and reviewed the show because of the giveaway. So that's great. We're not against it. Come on in, go over, uh, go especially on iTunes, and I guess it's not iTunes anymore, Apple Podcasts, and rate the show. Here's the deal. There's 350 to 400 of you listening to me right now, and there are 31 ratings and reviews over on iTunes, over on Apple. Come on, get over there. What are you doing? You know, this is this is uh, what we pay you for. So get over there. Uh, if you like the content, please do uh, share that uh, in those different various forms. You'll be entered in a giveaway. Well, that is it. Uh, hopefully you guys have a great rest of your week and look forward to the next episode of Restless coming at you Tuesday. All right. Thanks for listening to our part two of our valentine's day reaction it was quite needy at times and, <laughs> and, and and here we are so hey if you liked it come on give us a rate and review give us a five star yep and and share it with your friends who universally love this clip because we do too we do too